Hey Bulldogs, welcome to Career Chat. This is your host, Janaya. Here at DeSales, I'm a part of the class of 2025 and I'm a career ambassador. Get ready to hear from our professional staff, career ambassadors, members of the DeSales community, and of course, some very special guests. I am very excited to host this podcast and help you explore your interests and develop your skills for a wonderful career path. Now let's begin with this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Career Chat. I'm here with Stephanie Koval. Thank you so much for being here today. No um, problem. So excited. <laughs> Stephanie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a land use and real estate uh, shareholder at Fitzpatrick Lenson Buba in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I'm a Lehigh Valley native, having graduated from Parkland High School, went on to Penn State University for my undergrad, and then Widener University School of Law for Law School. Okay. And what was your, what was your major in Penn State? I actually had two majors at Penn State. I have a Bachelor of Science in Marketing from the Smeal College of Business. And then I have a Bachelor of Science in Women's Studies from the College of Liberal Arts. I feel like a lot of people don't understand, like going into law school, a lot of people don't realize that you don't need to have like a criminal justice, political science, history major to get into law school. Like you can do whatever you enjoy. Absolutely. And and I think the biggest thing for someone going on to, to a law school education would be having a degree, one you're passionate about. I always encourage people to get a degree in something they're interested in. You tend to get more out of it and you tend to get better grades by virtue of going after something that you're interested in. I think the biggest thing for law school is really learning how to think critically and evaluate things and read and write. So you can go in with any degree, really. I understand that you wanted to speak about like career preparedness. Would you mind getting like into more detail about what that is? Yeah, certainly. So look, the, the generation that's coming out of college now, you you all are undoubtedly intelligent, smart, driven, but I firmly believe that there's a lot of career preparedness that just going to class and getting good grades, you know, doesn't quite get you there for the workplace. And I personally had to go through a lot of learning on my feet. And so I I really feel pretty strongly about helping individuals not have to go through that period of what I will call the first two years of my career, where I was really learning on my feet, really unsure of myself on simple things like I was invited to a baseball game with clients and and some of the senior partners. How do I dress to go to a baseball game? How how does that work? What is that like? So it's it's simple things like that where just going to class isn't going to get you the answers. Yeah, definitely. On that note, can you explain what trajectory means? Because I understand that's another thing you wanted to talk about. And I feel like trajectory isn't something we typically hear. Yeah. So I, I think historically speaking, you know, our parents' generation, or at least my parents' generation, went to college and it was like, you graduate from college with a degree in X. You go to a company that does X, you start at that company and you work your way up. And things were a lot more linear. You know, you started at assistant manager, went to manager, went to the next level. I don't think careers are necessarily linear anymore. I think I have a lot of friends that, you know, may have started as private practice lawyers and now they're bankers or financial advisors or college professors even. So I find that sometimes in a career, you have to take two steps back to go five steps forward, or maybe 
you feel like you're taking a step back because you're changing what you're doing. And I think the message to college graduates is that's okay. It's a lot of pressure to start college as an 18 year old and you're supposed to have it all figured out what you want to do for the rest of your life. So for the next 40 years, it's a lot of pressure and, and it's okay to, to go through a path that maybe isn't quite as, as linear as what our parents' generations did. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people's mindset, a lot of students' mindset is you go from A to B to C to D, but it's not always going to be in that order. You could go from A, end up at Z, go back to D, you know what I mean? So I feel like if we have the mindset to, it's okay to go in a zigzag line, then it will be smoother than having, I have to go in this straight line. I can't do anything else. I can't stray from it. I want to be this. I have to do this, this, this to get exactly there. It gets harder to like stray from that. And if you make a mistake or you go the wrong way a little bit, you, you get hard on yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think if you talk to any of my 20 partners here, I, I don't think any of us have the exact same trajectory to get to where we are today. We all have, have navigated it a little bit different. I have one colleague who was a social worker before she started becoming a lawyer. I have one who was a teacher for a few years in the public or no, the Catholic school system. I have one who um, just recently left the private practice of law to be an executive director of a government agency. So no one's path looks identical and that's okay. That's actually good because you want a diversity of backgrounds in the workplace. And sometimes having those different experiences really at the end of the day will help you to be a more diverse and well-rounded job candidate. Yeah. And, and a more prepared person too, because like you're prepared for things to go sideways. You're prepared for like, not something to go wrong, but you're prepared to go a different path if you need to. You're not set on, I have to stay manager because I got this degree and I want to end up here. So like, yeah. it's okay to become an associate. It's okay to become a CEO. You don't have to stay manager if yeah. you don't feel like what you want to do. Exactly. And and there's so much entrepreneurial um, opportunities out there that people's career paths, I I think are going to get even, even less linear, you know, one or two generations out from my generation and your generations is going to look different. And I don't think that's, I think that's a great thing. A hundred percent. How do you feel you did with career preparedness and trajectory to get to where you are today? So that's, that's a little bit of a tough question. (laughs) I have gone through a a few different law firms before I ended up at FLB, which, you know, is my home, you know, it's where I'm going to stay. I love it. But each of those firms and each of my experiences, yeah, I like to think of it as packing a suitcase for where I want to be. Each of those experiences gave me a important quote unquote outfit to get me where I needed to be and, and gave me tools to put in that suitcase to make me more prepared for today. Like the first law firm, I think, taught me a lot of soft skills and a lot of important people skills. So those those were tools I put in. And then I went to another law firm where I think I learned some organizational skills and litigation skills. Even though I'm not a litigator, they helped me serve my clients better as a transactional lawyer. The third law firm I went to just opened up a lot of doors for me with people that it connected me to. And so when I brought all those skills together in that suitcase I was talking about with all those outfits that they gave me, it really led me to be very prepared to jump into this position and take on a leadership role pretty quickly. That's good. You mentioned that you learned like litigate, like litigation skills, like you didn't even do litigation. It's really important to be able to have skills, even if you're not going to use it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
One thing I tell, I mentor two folks now, one is an intern and one is a, a young associate here. One of the things I tell them is don't ever turn down an assignment, even if it's not what you think you want to do or the area you think you want to head in, it will make you more well-rounded and you never really know what area you want to head down. I mean, we had someone who, who interned with us two summers ago who was adamant they didn't want to do family law. Then they got some assignments from family law and they ended up really liking family law. So, you know, until you try something, you, you don't know whether you like it or not. And maybe it's just an extra skill or tool to put in that suitcase, or maybe it opens a door for a whole new passion for you. Yeah, I'm definitely one of the people that I like, I felt like I will never get into family law because at my internship, like I'm watching the courts and cases go and I feel like I wouldn't be able to do it. But you're right. Like you can't know for a fact you don't like something until you're in it doing it. You exactly. know, you can never know for real. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, same thing with the school subject. How many electives have you taken where you're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this. But it was, you know, the only thing that fit into my schedule. And then you take the class and you're like, wow, that was pretty cool. Same thing. Yeah, that definitely is. Or, or like even with something like food, like oh, yeah. I don't like broccoli, but they never tried it. Then they try it and it's, oh, I love it. It's so awesome. Yeah. It tastes so good. Exactly. Exactly. So you always got to, you always got to test it at least once to see yeah. if you like it. That's why I feel like internships are important too, because there's a lot of people that's like, oh, I want to work at a bank. I want to be an account. Uh, I want to do accounting. They do an internship, test it out, end up not liking it. Yeah. So I feel like it's always, you should always test it out first. I did so, several internships um, when I was an undergrad. In fact, one summer I did three during that summer. I did four weeks with a, a larger private practice firm, four weeks with a smaller private practice firm, and then four weeks with the DA. And I think it was really good because I got to see a variety of ways that a law practice could look. I ended up firmly believing the DA's office was probably not the best path for me. While I love law and order and blue bloods with the best of them, <laughs> um, it's just uh, you know an area of practice where I have an immense amount of respect for those that do it on a daily basis, but it's not my forte. But yeah, with you know, internships are crucially important and not only for the experience and exposure, but for the people that you meet. Because the one internship during my sophomore year after my sophomore year of undergrad actually ended up being the first law firm I started working with. So, you know, making those connections and meeting people and, and just developing personal relationships with them is, is crucial to, to moving forward with your career. hundred percent. What sparked your interest in speaking, speaking about this today? Well, I love talking with students. I, I love hearing, I, I think, I mean, I sit on boards, I sit on the Parkland Education Foundation board, which is K through 12. I'm a trustee at another college in, in the Valley. And every time I interact with either public school kids, K through 12, or students at, at that college, or students at DeSales, when I'm on DeSales' campus, I'm just blown away by the enthusiasm and the intelligence and and it really gives me a great feeling for where the world is headed. And I feel like it's incumbent upon me as someone who's, you know, reaching certain decades in her life that will remain unnumbered. Give back to to those people and 
and make them know that my generation is cheering for them. We want them to, we want you to succeed. And I need to help give you guys all the tools that I can help give you to help you succeed. So to me, it just gives me an energy. I think the next generation is awesome and we're in great hands. So that's why I do it. That's, that's beautiful. I really think the one problem with going to college, like, especially the first year, it's hard to take advantage of your resources. You know, it's hard to get out there and do this, do that, but also try to do your schoolwork because it's different. It's a very, very Mm -hmm. different from high school to college. So my first year, it was very hard for me to reach the career development center. It was very hard for me to go to tutoring because I wanted to make sure I had everything in order in general before I try to reach out and do something extra. And I would would just say to that, like, don't put so much pressure on yourselves. I'm not, when I look at resumes, I'm not looking for the perfect robot student. I'm looking for someone who's, who's gotten involved. And if there's a grade that you're not as proud of on your resume, you know, own it to me. Tell me it was a really hard class. I I went to tutoring sessions. I tried really hard, but I, I realized stat wasn't for me or, you know, French three was not my forte. I'm okay with that. I mean, if it's every class, we might have a different discussion, but if it's, if it's one and you tell me you struggled or, you know, you didn't get involved till the end of your spring semester, your freshman year, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold you back because of that. Don't, don't put so yeah. much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Effort, effort goes a long way. So even showing that you tried or attempted to try, that proves a lot more than what other people can offer. Cause there's people that just don't care and will yeah. just say, here's my resume. It is what it is. But yeah, yeah a lot of people should know like not to put pressure, but also try. I, I feel like there's a, oh, I want to try, but I don't want to fail. So then they don't try. I feel like still trying and then failing is way better than not trying at all. Because then it shows like not laziness, but that you don't care. You want to look like you want to care. And ultimately yeah. you need courage in the workplace because you're going to try things in the workplace and do projects where you don't get the result you had hoped for, or, you know, you're not able, you're not anywhere close to the result that you had hoped for. And, and you have to have a resilience to bounce back from that. Um, I always say practicing law is sometimes like going rounds in the boxing ring with Mike Tyson. You're going to get knocked down a lot, but you have to learn to get back up. And so if you spend your, your collegiate career not trying stuff because you, you're scared of getting a B, you're not going to learn that resilience. And, yeah. and that resilience is a really key thing that will be helpful to any job candidate and something I look for. Yeah, I was definitely like in high school, I was definitely one of those students that I need to have a 95 or higher. You know, I mm-hmm. always put that pressure on myself and I, I did. I did it. But then coming to college, it was definitely like a huge smack in the face because like it's harder. It's not going to come to me as naturally as it did in high school because it's different stuff. It's not like I'm learning math 101 or something like that. Again, it's like what I want to do in life that I'm learning. So like I got my first D and I was like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Everything's crashing down. I don't know what to do anymore. But I had to realize that that's fine. It's okay just stand up again, try again, go to tutoring, ask someone for help, ask the teacher if, um, if there's any extra notes I can, if if there's any extra books I can read, if there's any other notes I can take. And eventually I left the class with a B. So like, it's just, it's all about what will, it's not about how you fall, it's how you get back up. 
Yeah. And it's about when you're getting back up, look at what went wrong the first time around and create a plan so that you have a better outcome. Just like you said, extra books, maybe tutoring, talk to your professor, all of that, you know, you create a plan and, and you get back up and you use that plan and you move forward. What do you feel like are some resources you'd recommend to people who want to like figure out their next steps in their career paths? So a few on the college campus level. First and foremost, if there's a professor that you really connect with, talk talk to your professors and, and not just talk to them when you get a, a grade that you weren't hoping for. Get to know them, talk to them. For example, if you are really interested in history and, and you're taking a course with Dr. Nitro and you'd like some follow-up reading because the, you're just really passionate about it, I bet if you emailed her during session, you'd get a response of you know maybe some additional books that you might find interesting. So it's, it's getting to know your professors because many of them are a link to the professional world in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Two, use your career development office. I myself was guilty of not using mine enough. And I went to a larger institution, so it was a little different, but but use your CDO. They have lots of resources there, whether it's going to an internship fair, whether it's going to mock interview practice so that when you go to an interview, you're not quite as nervous. Yeah. All of those things are great. The third thing, the final thing, find some way that you can take on a leadership role on campus, whether it's student government, whether it's a club, whether it's athletics, that leadership role can take on many forms and look many different ways. And, you know, any of them are fine. Just get involved and take on at least one leadership role because, you know, leading your peers, that's what you're going to be doing in the workplace. So you might as well get practice at it now. Yeah, that's, that's really good. (laughs) Do you, do you feel like there's something going backwards a little, do mm-hmm. you feel like there's something about career preparedness and trajectory that people take for granted? Yeah. I think it's the soft skills that they take for granted. I think it's understanding what business wardrobe looks like now. I think it's understanding when you go out to a meal with a person who's interviewing you, a boss, a client, whomever, a business meal you know, there are some things that maybe aren't the best idea. Like, you know, I, I love burgers, but the last thing I do on a business lunch is order a burger because I know half of it's going to end up down my shirt or down, you know, it'll drip on your hands. And it's just not, it, that's not the image I want to portray. So I save those for, for going out with my friends, but yeah. I, and very simple example, but it, it's things like that, that they don't have a background in it. It's, it's reading the room. So I just had this discussion with one of our interns the other day. I'm like, you have to think about how what you're doing is perceived by those in management. So it could be simple things like how you tell people you're going to be out of the office. First thing, tell them, right? Communicate. But you'd be surprised how many people are like, well, I told my secretary and I told the, you know, the the chair of my group. Okay. But you have six projects for me and you didn't tell me. And I come in on Monday and you're not here for a week. And I don't care. I'm happy for people to take vacations. I take vacations. I think time out of the office is great and important. But I said to this person, I said, all you needed to do was tell me and, and your time out of the office would have been perceived wonderfully. Those are the things, the soft skill type things that I I don't necessarily, you can't teach in college. It's sort of, you learn them as you go. And that's another reason why internships and shadowing is so important because you can kind of watch and just listen and see those intangible things, those non-teachable, teachable moments. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's something that builds up 
as time goes. So I feel like communication is one of those things where like in high school, I emailed way differently than I do now. Or yes. like I tell people like, oh, I won't be able to make it here or make it there compared to high school. I don't, I just didn't say anything. And I guess like for me, it was sort of that fear of like disappointing the person that's higher than me. So it's like, I don't want to tell them that I can't come into work because I want to go on a vacation. It was like a, a mentality I had that I'm realizing now is really silly because vacation is vacation. You know what I mean? You can't, expect to work every single day of your life without getting any sort of break. So it's silly yeah. to not ask like, oh, I can I have off this week, especially if you're doing an event. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> communication. Um, same thing with deadlines. When I was an associate and someone would give me a project, the first thing I asked is when do you expect this to be done? Because the person assigning the project, you know, they're just trying to get that assignment out. They're just trying to communicate that to you. They don't always think about deadlines. They might not always tell you, but they're darn well going to tell you if you don't get it to them on time. So that's why I'd always ask, you know, what's your deadline? When do you, when do you want to see this? And when do you want to get it to the client? Because th those are simple communication things that are pretty easy to do candidly, but make a huge impression on people. Definitely. One more question for you. Sure. How has learning and educating about these values changed you as a person? <laughs> it made me a lot more confident in the workplace. I am the first person with my last name to ever go to college or law school for that matter. I came from a family, you know, where hard work, honesty, integrity, all of those things were, you know, man hammered home every single day. But some of that doesn't totally translate in into the work environment. And so it does, but maybe I need to wrap it up in different wrapping paper and put a different bow on it. Yeah. And I was launched into this environment where it was a little bit different than the environment that I had been raised in. And I kind of felt uncomfortable though. I don't think anyone around me perceived me as feeling uncomfortable. I definitely felt uncomfortable and a little bit of less than. And so learning these soft skills made me more comfortable to navigate the business field, but remain true to myself and who I am. Because I think that's, I think that's one thing that sometimes gets lost, particularly for women. They see a lot of male leaders and they think I have to be like that. I don't necessarily believe actually, I don't believe at all that you need to leave back who you are. I think you bring value to the table mm -hmm by virtue of your background and who you are. So I think I bring value to the table by virtue of the fact that I am a woman. I bring a different perspective by virtue of that. I think people of color bring a different perspective to the table by virtue of the background that they've lived. I, I don't know that background. I haven't lived that experience, but they have. And bringing that to the table and being a voice at that table is so important. And, and at the end of the day, listening to all those voices, if you truly listen to them, yields the best possible result. But if you're so uncomfortable and lack confidence that you go to that table and you never open your mouth, you don't give the company the chance to get that great result. It's like having a first impression sort of like the, the first impression is always important. And if you show that like, you're not going to say anything, it already gives those people a, a, like a mindset of who you are. And usually when people have their mindset on who you are, it takes a lot for them to change their mind about it. It does. It's like, you know, I, I had this one experience where it was, it was my first week at a new firm and I got on a telephone call with uh, one of the elder partners and, and a huge client. 
And they didn't say anything. And at the end of the call, the partner looked at me and said, well, why didn't you talk? You, you know this stuff better than I did. And I said, well, I didn't realize I was supposed to talk. So if you have a seat at the table and you're in that room, unless someone tells you otherwise, you're supposed to talk. You're supposed to be heard. And, you know, I think that's really important. Definitely. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much for being oh, here today. You're welcome. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Always, always happy to help any student. And um, if you have any follow-up questions, you know where to find me. Feel free to reach out. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Career Chat. Be sure to follow the DeSales Career Development Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat so you can be kept up to date about all of the things that we have in store, including new episodes of this podcast. I look forward to seeing you in the Career Development Center.